Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, November the 19th, 2022. It is currently 3.59 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, I guess my entire day has been ruined. Well, not not ruined in a bad way, but maybe ruined in a positive way, maybe maybe ruined in a way in which I... I, I didn't want it to be ruined because I needed to focus on other things. Remember, I do a podcast series called Today's Focus, where I give everyone something to focus on throughout the day. Well, sometimes that ruins me. See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you something to focus on throughout the day, but sometimes that focus, well, dominates my mind and I cannot move on to other things. And well, look at the day, look at the calendar, look at the day, it's Saturday, well, what does that mean? Well, it may not mean anything for you, but for me, it means my focus really needs to be on tomorrow. And I have a book right here, God's Yes and God's No, Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. I need to be looking at that book. I need to be looking at thesis number three on the proper distinction between law and gospel, because tomorrow at Victory Baptist Church, I need to be doing, what, three hours of teaching on the proper distinction between law and gospel? That needs to be my focus. But for some reason, I can't focus on that. No, 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 no. I cannot focus on the proper distinction between law and gospel because, well, I am focusing on Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, which was the subject of our today's focus broadcast that we did earlier this morning. If you did not hear that, you may want to go back and listen to it. It was entitled, Putting Sin to Death. Putting sin to death is what we called it. Putting sin to death, which is from Colossians chapter 3. Now, the whole reason that happened is because I don't even remember what time it was. Grabbed my iPad, listening to podcasts, and then heard today's word from Moody Moody Bible Institute. And they did something on Colossians 3, basically talking about putting sin to death. And while I had some major issues and questions with it. So that's what we talked about. Well, ever since then, I've tried to do other things. I've tried to focus on other things. Watched a, watched a little bit of college football. Just done a little, just a few things here or there. But all I could keep thinking about is Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. So part of me was like, well, it's Saturday. I could just introduce Colossians chapter 3 as the new Bible study exercise, right? I could just say, you know what? This coming week for the Bible study exercise, we're going to work on Colossians chapter 3. Maybe, 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 or or maybe I start a series on Colossians chapter 3. I I don't really know. I I didn't want to really find myself in that kind of situation. But man, Colossians chapter 3 just raises so many questions and so many issues and issues that I have been bothered by and and struggled with for a very long time. So I thought what I would do, it's Saturday afternoon, and I, even though I need to be, look, I've got the book right there. I can see it. God's yes, God's no. Proper distinction between law and gospel. That's the book I need to be looking at. But I set it way across the room. I can see it, right? It's face down. It's open, right? It's marked where where the page that I'm on. I have it left right there. That's what I need to be working on. But I set it across the room and, and Instead, I grabbed two, three Bibles. I grabbed three Bibles. Right? So I've got three Bibles. I've got 
a whole bunch of pencils. I got lots of notebooks, lots, lots of notebooks. I know you don't really care. And I have a microphone and hopefully, well, hopefully I have an audience. So what do you say? What do you say? What do we, what do, let's, let's do this. Let's set aside everything else. All things we need to do, should be doing. And let's just focus on Colossians chapter three. I'm going to do this in a very informal way, informal, informal, non-formal way. I'm going to do this in just a really like conversational type of way. And I, I hope that this will be uh, somewhat beneficial. All right. I'm, and there's still lots of questions I have, still a lot of things I'm trying to work through, but we'll work through it together. I, I feel like, like on one hand, I feel like this needs to be the introduction. Welcome everyone to a new series on Colossians chapter three. Welcome everyone to a new week of Bible study exercise. We're going to be focusing on Colossians chapter three, but that would kind of, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where, where this is going to end up, but we'll see. Just, I almost should have placed this under uh, today's focus as today's focus, a special episode. I, I don't know what to do with it, but it really doesn't matter where to put it right now. What matters is that we gain something from it. So here we go. Let's begin in Colossians chapter three. We're not going to make it very far. I'm just going to just, I, you, if you see the title, uh, for those who are listening on certain platforms, the title is there. We're going to focus, I, I created my title based off two words in Colossians chapter three, verses one through two. Let's see if you can, de- you can detect them. Here we go. Colossians chapter three, verse one. If ye then be, if ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The first one is seek, seek. The next is set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, we are given two things we are supposed to do. We are supposed to seek and we are supposed to set. Seek and set. We are to seek those things which are above, and we are to set our affections on things above. We're to seek those things which are above, and we are to set our affections on things above. That is what we are to do. Seek and set. Are you seeking and are you setting? Are you seeking those things and are you setting your affections there? That That's, that's a very, very, very good question. But let's just consider the passage and see if we can do some biblical observation, kind of a, a, a little a, observational study with obviously a little bit of work and trying to understand some of this. Are you ready? Here we go. Colossians chapter three starts with this. If, I like that, if, if, I'm going to read it from a different translation. So if, so the idea is, if this is true, if, 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 this is not like, this is not for everyone. This is not what everyone would want to do. This is not even what everyone should do. This is if something is true of you, if something is true of you. So if this is true, now what is supposedly true? Well, if ye then be risen with Christ, if you have been risen with Christ, Colossians chapter three, so if you have been raised with Christ. I think we would all agree. I don't. I think there would be universal agreement with uh, with this within the world of Christianity, or at least I would hope so. Uh, this is not talking about 
when we're going to be ultimately resurrected and we have a new body and we're and we're going to be in in the presence of God in glory that obviously is not making any sense that, that that I don't think that would fit here this is speaking of if we have been risen with Christ spiritually in other words we have we have experienced regeneration and salvation we have gone from spiritual death unto spiritual life if you have been risen with Christ, you were once dead in your trespasses and sins, but you have now been made alive to God. If you have experienced that spiritual resurrection, if you are now a believer in Christ, if you are a Christian, if two things, if you then been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you've been risen with Christ, right? Well, then you need to seek those things, as it says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. You need to seek those spiritual things. You're still on this earth. But you've been risen with Christ. So even though you're on this earth, you're alive to God. You're alive spiritually. So seek the things above, not the things here, the things above. What does it mean to seek? What does it mean to seek? Well, let's open up the Blue Letter Bible app, if I can find it, Blue Letter Bible app. Let's go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Open up the interlinear, all right? If then ye, ye be risen with Christ, then here's the word seek. Here is the word seek. The Greek word for seek is... Strong's G, 2212. Zeteo. 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 That's, a, that's a, a Greek word you want to know, zeteo. Zeteo is used 119 times in the King James Zeteo is used 119 times. 100 times it's translated seek. Uh, five times seek for, go about desire. So uh, the, the clearly Zeteo, is, the idea is to seek something. I mean, that's, that's, that's how it's used over and over and over. Strong's definition, to seek literally or figuratively, all right? Uh, the idea, especially to worship God, or in a bad sense, to plot against, say, life, uh, to, to go about desire, endeavor, inquire, require, seek after. So it's the idea of seeking something literally or figuratively. Zeteo, zeteo, to seek something. The outline of biblical usage, to seek in order to find. All right? Zeteo is the idea that you're seeking to find something. You're not just, you know, like aimlessly wandering around, just I'll look here and I'll look there. No, you're looking to actually find something, to seek a thing, to seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, or inquiring into. I think that's interesting. It's the idea that you're, you're trying to find something, you're seeking something out, and you're doing so by thinking, meditating, reasoning, or inquiring to seek after, seek for, aim at, strive after, require, demand, to crave, demand something from someone. The, the, the desire is also connected to this. Desire, seek those things. And as it 
as it reads in the King James. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. You're seeking spiritual, eternal things. Let's see. Let's see. Let's just, just for fun, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's see what, uh, how, if commentaries give a, any, because I have a, a question, but I'm not going to ask it right now. Let's do this. Colossians chapter three. All right. Colossians chapter three, verse one. Here we go. Colossians chapter three, verse one. And let's just look here. Uh, if you then be risen, okay, so we've, we've talked about all of that. We've, we've discussed all of that. And then they don't really, they don't really talk much about the seeking portion. They don't do much about the seeking portion. Um, yeah, they don't really talk about the seeking portion. Okay, uh, let's see here. Okay, seek those things. Here we have the spiritual life and its continuance. It is described first as seeking the things above. That is, looking and so growing to perfection. The characteristic is dwelt upon with great fullness and beauty in Philippians 3. All right, so they, they, don't, they don't really go into, okay, what exactly are we seeking? They don't really talk about it. All right, um, let's see here. That's not helpful. Um, all right, to seek implies the direction of the external life towards certain objects. It's not to seek as if perhaps we might not find. It is not even seek in the sense of searching for, but it is to seek in the sense of aiming at. And now do you not think that if we had burning in our hearts and conscious to our experiences, the sense of union with Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, that would shape the direction and, and dictate the aims of our earthly life? As surely as the elevation of the rocket tube determines the flight of the projectile that comes from it, so surely would the inward consciousness, if it were vivid, as it ought to be in all Christian people, of that risen life throbbing within the heart. Okay, it doesn't really say what we're seeking. It's just saying we should. All right. Uh, okay. But to say things above, we're to seek those things above. They say uh, that is an indefinite phrase. What do you mean by it? Okay, well, that's good. I will tell you what the Bible means by it. It means Jesus Christ. All the nebulous splendors of that firmament are gathered together into one blazing sun. It is a vague direction to tell a man to shoot up into an empty heaven. It is not vague direction to tell him to seek those things above, for they are all gathered into a person where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That is the meaning of things above which are to be the continual aim of the man who is conscious of a risen life. So what they're saying is the, the when we seek those things, we are seeking all those things found in Christ. In a sense, we're seeking Christ. That's what they say, seeking those things above. It's referring specifically to Jesus Christ, right? That, that gives us some idea, some clue. Let's see if any other commentaries offer anything else. Uh, let's see here. Um, Seek those things which are above, which relates to heaven and eternal felicity as Christ being raised went immediately to heaven. So they're just saying it just relates to heaven and, et and eternal felicity is the word they use. Uh, they don't really do much here with that. Um, 
Seek those things which are above. That is, seek them as the objects of pursuit and affection. Strive to secure them. Okay, um, so they say this, this commentary, uh, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The argument here is that since Christ is there and since he is the object of our supreme attachment, we should fix our affections on heavenly things and seek to be prepared to dwell with him. So what they say is, since Christ is there, right, since we're risen with him and Christ is there, our affection, our desire should be for him, so we should seek the things that are there with him. They separate it. So one commentary is like, no, it means seek Jesus. The other one's like, no, because Jesus is there, then that's obviously we should seek the things that are with him, because our our heart and our affections is given to Christ. So they they, kind of separate them. Um, okay, they, they don't do much of anything here. Um, it says, uh, pursue heaven and happiness as the end and holiness as the means to the attaining of it, right? They don't really tell us what things, most of these are very vague. Um, yeah, okay, this just, okay, this is how uh, John Gill describes it. Seek those things which are above, the better and heavenly country, the continuing city which is above the heavens, whose builder and maker is God. Christ who is in heaven and salvation alone by him, without the works of the law, all spiritual blessings such as pardon, peace, righteousness, life, glory, which are in heavenly places in him, doctrines and ordinances which come from heaven are the means of supporting a spiritual and heavenly life, especially that bread of life which came down from heaven and gives life unto the world and uh, of which if a man eats, he shall never die. So they're just saying it. Just seek those things that are in heaven. It, it seems like people have a hard time really identifying what those things are. Like it really, nobody seems to have a specific seek those things which are above. And it seems either, it, it seems our two options is it's Christ or it's just heavenly spiritual things. All right. I think here's the key that we need to take away from this. I wish I wish we had maybe a better answer, and there's probably other commentaries out there we could explore, and we may come back to this. Remember, this is very impromptu, right? Informal. I think I said informal earlier, but informal. This is just me processing the, the today's focus, which was Colossians chapter 3. This is just me basically sitting in the studio, having a conversation with myself, and you're listening in. All right, so... Yeah, hopefully you're okay with that. I wish in some ways it would say, seek these things, and then it listed those things, right? Because that's the way we think, right? Or at least that's the way I think. You tell me to seek certain things, I need to know exactly what things you want me to seek. I need need you to give me the specifics. I need a list so that I know whether I'm doing it or not doing it. And this doesn't really go in that direction. So here's the key takeaways. First of all, if you are saved, if you are risen with Christ, then you are to seek. You are to put your attention there. You are to seek those things which are above. You're to seek like you're trying to find them. You're seeking them. You're des- in fact, let's go back to the Greek word. I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, it, it doesn't give us a lot of insight, but it gives us some, some, uh, some basic. 
All right. It's the, it's seek in order to find, but to seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to acquire into, to seek after, to strive after, to require, to demand. It just means that you are committed now because you're risen with Christ and Christ is there in heaven. Christ is there in heaven because of your now connection and relationship to him. You're going to seek all of that which is there. And I and you can you can say what comes from there? Well, our righteousness comes from there, our salvation comes from there, uh, uh, truth, meaning, morality, peace. We we, I, we seek all that which in a sense has a heavenly source and a heavenly origin, including Christ. And I, you can say all of those things are found in him. That would be accurate to say. I think the point is I'm risen with Christ. And now because I'm risen with him, I'm connected to him. I'm united to him. And where is he? Where, where does Colossians 3, 1 tells us where, where he is at? Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So that's where Christ is. I'm risen with him. Then the, I think it's the idea, it's saying seek those things, but it's more, it's just you're seeking, you're seeking you're, you're, you're looking for not something here on earth. You're seeking. Look, everyone is, in a sense, seeking. Everyone is looking for something, right? You, you know, everyone is looking for something, whether they acknowledge it or not. We're looking for some kind of pleasure, contentment, satisfaction, happiness, joy. We're all seeking something. Well, if we're risen with Christ, we need to seek. What we need to seek above everything else is what's in heaven. Whatever those things may be, we are to seek. The point is where we are seeking. I don't know if it's so much the things as much as the seeking. I don't know if it's it's where, well, I, I, am I seeking this thing? Is your seeking heaven-focused or is it earth or self-focused? What are you seeking? So there's the seeking. Now there's the setting. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So seeking and setting. Let's see the uh, Greek word. If I said Hebrew word, I apologize. The Greek word for set. Set your affection. Let's look. We've got seek, now set. Set your affection. In fact, set your affection, that phrase is one Greek word, and it's this. Strong's G, 5426. Franeo. 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 Now, Franeo is used 29 times. Five times think, four times regard, one, three times mind, three times be minded, two times savor, uh, two times be of the same mind, uh, two times be like-minded. Franeo has something to do with the mind, has something to do with the mind. Um, it, the Strong's definition, to exercise the mind, to entertain, have a sentiment or opinion by implication, to be mentally disposed, uh, more, or more or less earnestly in a certain direction, intensively to interest oneself in with concern, obedience, set the affection on. The outline of biblical usage to have understanding be wise, 
to feel, to think, to have an opinion of oneself, think oneself, be modest, not let one's opinion of himself exceed the boundaries of modesty, to think or judge, to be of the same mind, to direct one's mind, to seek one's interest, to be of one's party side, say, in public affairs. All right? This is interesting because seek those things above. We would... We would you think that we there would be a tendency to have the seeking more of the thinking, right? And there's a little implication of that, right? To seek with your mind, right? So there, there would be some similarity there, but now set. So there's the seeking. Set seems to have the same idea. Franeo seems to have the same concept. I mean, think, regard, mind. So once again, I am seeking. So so I, I guess the seeking more more is is that more the focus on w- the direction. But the set is it not the same concept? But I, I think it's interesting because it says set your affection, set your affection. I was hoping that there was going to be like set would be one Greek word and affection would be another. But at least in in the interlinear that I have here in front of me. Set your affection is all one, it's just all one Greek word. Set your affection is phraneo. It's all one Greek word. So it seems that seek and set, very similar. I'm trying to, I'm trying to draw a distinction between the seek and the set. I think the point is my seeking and, and, and my setting, all of me, like my thinking my mind, my desire, my focus, my affection should all be upward. My, my, that's where my focus should be. My focus is not to be earthly, it's to be heavenly. Now, you have heard the phrase used. Hey, that person over there, so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And I've heard that said even in church by Christians. But I wonder if the real issue is that we're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. Right? I, I, I have you met a Christian that you're like, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? I what is it? What do we mean by that? Is the real problem we're so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good? I think there, I think there's some truth to that. We have to seek and set. And I think that's taking, I think the idea is to seek and the set is, is it's giving us the direction. It's giving us where we're to put our thinking, our desire, our affection. Everything is to be heavenward. If you put both phrases together. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the Father. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. The seek and the set. Now, I I wish the Greek words would give us a little bit more maybe distinction. I wish the Greek words would, would offer us maybe a little bit more insight. I can't say the commentaries are very helpful because the commentaries clearly are trying to figure out what we're supposed to be seeking. I think to set your affections will be doing a little bit better. But then the Greek, the Greek, 
that one Greek word covers the whole phrase, set your affection. If set and affection were different, that would be, that would be interesting because then we would have, okay, here's, here's the seeking part. And then the setting, we're setting our affections. And then we can look up the Greek word for affection. And then, and then maybe we could break it down a little bit more. It doesn't seem that the, the author, you know, and we believe written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that it was really trying to get specific here. And it's more trying to give us the general idea you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Therefore, you were earthly, earthly-minded, earthly-focused, carnal, fleshly. That's what you are completely in your unregenerate state. But now that you've been made, you've been risen with Christ, you're now spiritually alive and you're connected and united to Christ. And where is Christ? He's not on earth. He's in heaven. So now you, instead of looking to the earth, you turn your eyes upward and say, that's where I'm going, what I'm going to seek. That's what I'm going to set my affections on. I'm going to set my mind, my desire, my focus there. So in a sense, I am not looking around me. I'm looking above. I'm not looking on the earth. I'm looking above. I'm not looking in a sense horizontally. I'm looking vertically. My, my focus needs to be vertical. Right? Would that would that not be the the correct way? I, I think I think I think it would have to be. Right? I think it would have to be. I I think it would have to be. Yeah, I'm not looking horizontally. I'm looking vertically. My my focus cannot be horizontal. It has to be vertical. I think I think that's I think that's an accurate way of describing the Christian life. Now, and why? It's because I've been risen with Christ. I'm united. Where is Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father. Since I'm united to Him, right? If I've been risen with Him, right? I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to be with Him. My I, I'm no longer of this earth, right? Uh, the one I'm I'm I'm. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. If I'm risen with Christ, that means I'm united to Christ. I'm in Christ. The reality, let's see if this helps. The reality of my position, I'm alive, I'm in Christ, I'm seated with Christ. All right, I'm, in, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm in him. That's my position. That's a positional truth. The, my positional truth, right, is a vertical reality. My positional truth is I'm in Christ. I'm saved. I'm, I'm 100% forgiven. I am declared 100% righteous. That my, that's in a sense, my vertical truth. My, my vertical truth is this positional reality. And no matter what happens on earth, no matter what happens in the horizontal, it doesn't change that. I may sin, but in Christ, I'm still perfect. I may fall short in Christ. I'm still made perfect. You may condemn me. Like who can, who can lay, who can, who can lay anything against the elect? Who can charge the elect with anything because in Christ Jesus, I am forgiven. I am perfect. There is therefore now no condemnation. I'm perfectly righteous and holy. So no matter what, no matter what happens horizontally, vertically, uh, that's what, that's the truth that, that I am in Christ Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you can blame me for, even if I'm 100% guilty of it, because my salvation is based on that vertical reality, my, my positional, my position in Christ. Now, because of that reality, I'm in Christ, I've been risen with Christ, then now practically on, so vert the vertical position is the, is the reality, right? That's the true reality. P 
positionally, I'm living this life in a sense, I'm walking across this planet horizontally, and I and I look, but what I look, and I don't look at the horizontal, I look at the vertical, and I try to live out in a sense, I'm trying to seek, I'm trying to set my affections on what is true positionally, and not focus on what I experience horizontally. In other words, I am to seek the vertical positional reality, not focus on the horizontal experience. We have a tendency to see the horizontal experience and ignore the vertical reality of what I am in Christ Jesus. I, I, think, I, think, that's, I think that's kind of what's being said here. Let's, let's read this again. If you then be risen with Christ, I think that's the key. If you've been risen with Christ, that's, that's my positional reality. That's the vertical positional reality. Now, what do I do? I seek those things which are above. Why? That's where Christ is seated at the right hand. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm in him. That's, that's, that's the positional reality. I set my affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Because immediately when I'm risen with Christ, this is no longer my home. I don't belong here. I'm in Christ. I, I'm a citizen in heaven. I'm in, I'm seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ in my position. So as you walk this life, guess what you're going to see? You're going to see that you're a sinner. You're going to see your failure. You're going to see your shortcomings. You're going to see guilt and shame and embarrassment. You seek the spiritual reality that says you're forgiven. And you've been declared perfectly righteous. All right, now look at the next verse. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Why am I not seeking anything on the horizontal? Why am I not seeking? Why am I not seeking or setting my affections on things on the horizontal? Why? Because I'm dead, not dead practically, but dead positionally. See, I'm not going to seek something here because this is not the true reality. Oh, I'm living on this earth and I feel the passions of this earth and I sin and I fall short. But what I'm going to do is not live in that reality. I'm going to set my affections and my mind on that, the real truth, which is above. And look what it says. For you are dead in Christ and your life is hid with Christ and God. Where is your life? Your life, your life is hidden in Christ. Where is Christ? The right hand of the Father. So where should you set your affections and what should you seek and set? You should seek and set that which is true positionally. Positionally, here's the truth. You are perfectly holy. You are dead to sin. You are dead from sin. You are set free from sin. Your life is hidden in Christ. That is the truth positionally. Practically, you're still a sinner. Sinful nature, you still sin, you fall short, you think the wrong things, do the wrong things, say the wrong things, desire the wrong things, feel the wrong things. You fall short in thought, word, and deed, and desire. You fall short by what you do and what you don't do. You sin internally and externally. That is the truth horizontally. But you've been risen with Christ. Now you, now you've been made alive to God and now you are aware of the reality, the positional reality that in Christ Jesus, you've been declared perfectly righteous. So, and your, your life is hid with Christ. So why are you seeking the things here? The things here you're dead to. The things here don't matter anymore. This world is passing away. It's all going to burn up. It's all vanity of vanity of vanities. 
That's how come the key phrase in Ecclesiastes is went under the sun, under the sun. Everything under the sun is vanity. Why seek that which is under the sun? Your life, your positional life is in Christ. You're at the right hand of the Father. So now you seek and set. You seek and set your affections on things above. You seek those things which are in heaven. You set your affections there because that's where you are positionally. In a sense, you're going to set or seek what is positionally true in a sense vertically, or you're going to set and seek what you experience horizontally. But the horizontal reality is a is is in contradiction to the positional reality. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. See, Christ is there, but you're already hid there. And then when Christ appears, you will be with him in glory. In other words, when Christ appears, what you're, what you're experiencing here, which is not consistent and truthful with that positional reality, then your practical reality will become your positional reality. When Christ comes back for us, when we, when we are, in a sense, brought before Christ glorified, then the, the, our practical reality meets the positional reality and it becomes the ultimate reality. If, you, if you've been risen with Christ, your life is hid with God in Christ. Your life is in Christ, hid, hid right there with God. You're at the right hand of the Father. You are in heaven. You're seated right there in heaven. That is the truth positionally. Now, your, the, the, the goal, the struggle of the Christian life is to see that positional reality in light of a horizontal reality that contradicts it every single day. Every single day. Guess what? In Christ, you're perfect. In practice, you're a sinner. In Christ, you're perfectly holy. In, in, uh, in, in practice, you're a failure. In Christ, you're a new creature. In practice, you're still a sinner with a sinful nature. In Christ, all things have become new. In, in practice, things haven't become new because you still have a sinful nature and you still sin. I'm seeking and setting my, my, my everything on what is true positionally so that I can now perceive things better from the, uh, from, I'm seeing things, I've got to set my affection on things vertically so that I can have a better, a correct understanding of that which is, is horizontal, which is the practical living. I think what we have a tendency to do is just say, seek and set your affections on things above and stop looking at the things of this earth. And we say it, but we're not understanding really what's going on here. Why am I seeking and setting? Because that is, because there is a spiritual reality. I'm seeking and setting my mind on the spiritual reality that I am dead to sin, that I am, that I am risen with Christ, that my life is hidden there in Christ. I'm just seeking the spiritual reality. Above the earthly experience, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking and setting my mind on the vertical reality in opposition to the horizontal 
circumstances and experience that I sometimes, I don't define. In other words, think of it this way. As a Christian, you are to seek and set your mind on that which is above so that you, listen, you live your life in light of that reality, not the reality of the horizontal. And the horizontal, do you, uh, look, in the horizontal, um, uh, when you look at your life horizontally, you, do you, uh, are you dead? No, you're very much alive. Right? Do, do, do you uh, do you feel like your life is hid with God and Christ, or, or, or hid with Christ and God? No. See, practically, you're you're still got a sin nature. You still struggle. You still fall short. You sin. 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 And guess what? We become so obsessed. We become so. convinced of that practical horizontal reality that we don't see the spiritual. In other words, instead of seeking and setting our, our, as the King James puts it, we seek those things which are above and set our affections on things above. We, we become so preoccupied and obsessed with the, with the things horizontally that we seek and set everything right here on earth. We we view ourselves, the mirror that we look into, like on this earth, the mirror we look into, we look at a mirror that is completely oblivious to the heavenly reality. So the mirror we look at, guess what we see? Sinner, failure, hypocrite, shameful, unbelievable that you do this, 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 and this. And you know what? At some point, you got to set that mirror down. You go, no, I'm going to seek and I'm going to set above those things that are above, those, those spiritual realities that are above that I don't experience here, that I don't see here. I don't see that I'm perfectly righteous in Christ. I don't see that I'm, uh, I, I'm not a sin, that I'm perfectly, that I, I'm, all my sin has been forgiven. All my sin has been removed. I don't see that because I'm looking at a mirror that just shows me all of my, my flaws and shortcomings. But when I set my affections above, now I see the spiritual reality. Now I live this life in light of that spiritual reality. That, yeah, that in Christ, I'm perfect, I'm holy, I'm without sin, I'm forgiven. It's a contrast between the vertical and the horizontal, between the positional and the practical. All right, I'm just going to stop right there. I'm just going to leave it there. I, there there's all, the commentaries did nothing for us. The commentaries really did nothing. Well, we don't really know what those things are. Maybe it's Christ, maybe it's not Christ. But I think the more you read the words around it, it all comes together because it's giving you the positional reality. Let me, let me just point them out again. If you then be risen with Christ, right? That's your spiritual resurrection, right? Now, now that, that, that's something. I've been raised with Christ. That is a positional spiritual reality, whether people see it or don't see it, it's just a fact. I've been risen with Christ. I am no longer spiritually dead. I'm a spiritually alive to God. All right. So, um, and then please note, um, Christ is sitting at the right hand of God and note uh, this, um, my life is hid with Christ in God. So these are, these are realities, right? But here's realities. I've been spiritually resurrected by faith, right? That's salvation. I've been spiritually resurrected. So I'm alive to God. Here's another thing, Christ, and I'm, I'm connected to Christ. Christ is at the right hand of the father and my life is hidden him, right? All, all, th- those are the positional realities. Now, because of those, spir- uh, those positional realities, then what am I to do? 
I'm to start walking this horizontal path called life, but I'm to look upward. I'm to look vertically and I'm to set my seek and set my, my mind on which is in heaven. And what is in heaven is the positional reality of my life. I'm completely forgiven. There's no condemnation. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. No one can charge me. No one can accuse me of anything because all my sins have been paid for. I'm covered in the perfect righteousness of Christ. All of his obedience has been given to me. He's kept the law perfectly. So in him, I'm a, I'm a, I've kept the law. All my works are perfect. All of my obedience is perfect. I have no sin. That's what I seek. I seek, seek that reality. I seek that reality. So I seek and set on that reality. And that reality, that reality is a true reality because I've been risen with Christ. Christ does sit at the right hand of the Father. I am dead, all right, for, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And then when Christ, appear, when Christ comes back, then guess what? I will also appear with him in glory. It's, I'm setting my mind and seeking that spiritual reality so that I can live this life in light of that spiritual reality, not the practical experience that contradicts that spiritual reality. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Now, the real question is, how does that help us with the rest of it, the whole mortify, mortify the flesh thing? How How does that work? Okay, what can or can't we do? We talked about that this morning in the Today's Focus podcast episode, but we'll stop. We won't go into that right now. That's a lot for you to process. I think most people may get it. I just think some will not get it. Whether you get it or don't get it, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, and let me know. And if you don't get it, it's perfectly okay. Just say, okay, explain these things to me. I'll turn on the microphone and explain it, all right? All right, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, and uh, hopefully you'll have a wonderful Lord's Day tomorrow at church. God bless.